It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We're always looking for the next big event to go to, whether it's a sports game, a concert, or a comedy show, right? You shouldn't have to stress, though, when you go to buy tickets. Choosing which event to go to, that should be the only thing that you need to worry about. And GameTime makes it easy. GameTime is the fastest way to buy tickets for all the events you might want to go to near you with last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guaranteed. Whether it's a Laker game, a Clipper game, or whether it's concerts, Rolling Stones, Bad Bunny, whatever's your style, I know GameTime is going to hook it up for you with last-minute tickets and the lowest price guaranteed. That's right. GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can even see the view from your actual seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect. And the game time guarantee means that you, you know you will always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time is going to credit you 110%, 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code BullyBall for $20 off your first purchase. That's code BullyBall, $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute ticket deals, the lowest price guaranteed. The NBA season is in full swing, and we've teamed up with DraftKings to get you in on the action. Yes, from heart-pounding buzzer beaters to jaw-dropping dunks, this season already been on fire. You can discover the excitement of real-time betting by downloading the DraftKings app now. New customers get a no-sweat bet. That means that you get a bonus bet back up to $1,000 in the amount of your original bet if it doesn't hit. Minimum deposit of $5. Sign up using my promo code, Bully ball. That's right. New customers can get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. And all existing customers, everyone, get the same game parlay insurance every day. Get a bonus bet back if one leg of your same game parlay loses. Minimum number of legs required and max bet varies. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use my promo code BullyBall. Get a no sweat bet. That is promo code BullyBall. The crown is yours. Welcome to Bully Ball, presented by DraftKings. I'm Rachel Nichols. As always, that's DeMarcus Cousins. And we have a special guest book, your friend, my friend, everybody's friend, two-time NBA champ, Rajan Rondo. Thank you for being here. A new addition to our little family here. So you are going to see him more as we go along, which is good news for everyone. We were just talking off the air, guys. Super Bowl last night. Pretty crazy at the end. But you had faith in Kansas City the whole time? You weren't sweating that at all, Rajon? Nope. Long as it was time left on the clock, uh, I felt Mahomes was going to get it done. And that's a scary thing when he has um, more than two minutes. I mean, it's, it can get ugly. <laughs> but where were you? Uh, I'm a little disappointed. Um, on paper, <laughs> on paper, I felt like the Niners were a better team. Um but in my gut and just seeing everything leading up to the Super Bowl, I was like, I got a feeling the Chiefs are going to pull this out. And, uh, you know, I was able to experience the game uh, firsthand. So just seeing it in action, see how everything played out, it, it was it was unreal. But uh, I got to agree Oh, wait, did those. you attend? Yes, I did. I, I had to. Oh. I had to. But uh, I, I to. definitely have to. I, I got to agree with Doe on the point. If Mahomes has the ball in his hands with time, if it's, it's a great chance he's going to make something shake. And that's exactly how it happened. So uh, super dope game. And, uh, you know, congrats to Casey. 
Okay, I want to know how the stadium felt like in that overtime because I was so tense in my living room watching it. Man, it, it was so much energy in the building. Um, you could hear a pin drop at times, and then other times you couldn't even hear yourself think. So um, definitely a roller coaster of emotions in there, uh, a lot of energy. The fans were engaged from start to finish. Shout out to Usher for killing the halftime show. I thought that was amazing. Um, but uh, overall, it was an, an amazing event. And, um, you know, and in, in those last moments of that final drive, it was, like I said, it was it was insane. The fans were going crazy, and, uh, and they went out in Mahomes fashion. Yeah, man. Woof. He is so good. He is 28 years old. I just want to remind everyone of that. He said we have a lot more to go. I, I think he may be right. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, that was sick, though. Both defenses played so well, too. That was always fun to see also, but. It was also a uh, busy weekend in the NBA, gentlemen. I want to move on to some smoke we saw over the weekend with Warriors and Suns. You know the petty is my favorite. Uh, we saw Draymond continue his beef with Yusuf Nurkic. This was started by Nurk last night, though. Um, I got to say, uh, he hits this hook shot. He gives the too small gesture, which a little petty, right, considering he's got six inches on Draymond. Then if you go uh, over it a couple minutes later, Draymond returned the favor, does the same thing. And later, this was his quote. He said, you probably outweigh me by 70 pounds and you get put in the rim. You can't be doing you can't be a nothing defender and go do something like that. So that's what he said. Nurkic chimes in. He said, quote, it's sad that Draymond didn't learn anything. Remember, of course, it was an incident between the two of them that got Draymond suspended this most recent time. Nurkic added, he's going to hit someone again, take back everything I said. He didn't learn anything. To which Draymond responded, quote, I thought I was great tonight. He tried to get in my head and it didn't work. He said uh, he can keep rocking with that same horse he rode in on. He can ride his ass right out of here on that same horse. It's not working. And Steph Curry also getting in on the action, calling Nurkic, quote, idiotic. He also happened to hit that amazing three to win the game at the end there. So, guys, that is a long back and forth. But, you know, it was a long back and forth between them. What do you guys think a playoff series between these teams would be like? Bug, can you picture it for us? Uh, it's a playoff series I would definitely want to watch. Um I think this is exactly what we're kind of missing in, in basketball. Uh, you want to bring out that competitive fire. You want to see guys competing at a high level. Um, just throw a little animosity and, and so-called beef in the mix. And uh, I think you'll get the results you're looking for. Um, I think it's great for the game. Uh, who doesn't, you know, who doesn't love a little rivalry between teams? And uh, I can see this one growing between these two teams. Obviously, it's a lot of history between the two with, you know, the likes of Kevin Durant being a former warrior. But, um, you know, it's one I would definitely want to watch. And uh, just to speak on the basketball part of it, um, one, you can't, on one hand, want to be a part of the nonsense and part of the circus and, you know, kind of nitpick and, you know, act like you're one of those guys. And then once you kind of get outplayed, then you run to the principal's office and, well, he's not the same and he'll never change. Like that's that's why. Right, right, like, right, right, right. Can't uh, do that. I think that's goofy shit. And um, you know, Nerd carries himself like he's this big tough, you know, big time defender, big man. Whatever you want to say, like it it's not adding up, brother. Um you will either be the tough guy and take your licks when they come, or just be quiet and play basketball. Uh sounds like he barked up the wrong tree and you know, he got the Short end of the stick and leave it a result. <laughs> I just had to put my two cents in on that part. Oh, you put a whole lot of sense on that. Make it all the sense, though. I mean, everything that you said, I could rebuttal the same thing. Uh, I feel the same way about the game. If uh, you can't go to the press and, and try to talk about his character versus, you know, you're playing the game on the court. So, um, you know, if we're going to check ball, let's do it. And as far as the rivalry with the history, as you said again, um, you know, Katie coming from the Warriors. Um, not only Draymond and Nurkic, I think obviously you see Draymond and KD. So mm -hmm. um, that's interesting. That's going to be a fun matchup to watch those guys. Uh, I would love to probably go live in person, actually see yeah, one man. of those rounds. Yeah. Uh, my old coach, Frank Vogel, uh, holding it down. But like I said, they got a great matchup, you know, a dynasty, and you're trying to, you know, assemble the dynasty, which in the, the sun. So 
I think I'll be, I'll be like I said, I want to be courtside for that. Yeah. I mean, look, I actually really like Nurk and I think he's been really good for that Phoenix team, but you cannot, you guys are a hundred percent right. Can't get into it. He started it. You can't start it and then complain that the other guy finishes it. So I don't know. And Draymond, by the way, nobody wants him to be like a quiet, you know, like say nothing, do nothing guy on the court. That was not the goal of these suspensions. The goal is that he needs to stay on the court for the Warriors. Doing stuff like this, he will stay on the court. That is all anybody wants from him on that team. So I, I got no problem with anything that he did last night. I got to agree with Steph on that one. And the Warriors, by the way, guys, they have won four straight, six of their last seven overall. Now, they just got back into the play and they just got back up into that 10th spot. But you look at the standings here. Do you think the Warriors, if they continue like this, could actually get into that top six in the West? Um, I, I think so. Uh, one thing you're going to have to always give them credit for, this is the Golden State Warriors. They do have uh, a top a top five all-time player in Steph Curry. Um, you can never count these guys out. And all it takes is them getting hot. And um, this is a team that's more than capable of doing that. Um, once they are rolling, they're one of the toughest teams to beat in the league. It's just been a down year for them, and that's just the facts behind the matter. And um, Like I said, you can never count them out. If they do get rolling, they're one of the most dangerous teams in the league. Yeah, no team uh, one through four want to match up with the Warriors. I mean, I'm sure they yeah. would say they would, but, you know, the shot they hit the other night against Phoenix is like that's those type of plays will make or break a playoff series. So, uh, you know, kudos to the Warriors right now, how they're playing. Um, like I said, all the negativity they've had, a lot of trade rumors to make the move, they, they stood tall. And, um, you know, like I said, I want to see what they do in the playoffs. Yeah, I know it's been hard for Clay these past few weeks and not playing at the end of games. And we saw him give a really emotional interview, but – the move is working, right? It is working to have Kaminga out on the floor when he is. Wiggins has been playing better. Um, obviously, Steph is Steph. I mean, Dre has been incredible since he got back. If you look at the numbers of him, how the team has done since he's gotten back and sort of his plus minus and everything like that, there's just no argument that that team needs him. All the people who are right. talking during yeah. his suspension of like, oh, they should trade him and they should, you know, get rid of him, whatever. There is no way, as long as Steph Curry is on that team, he is not going to want Draymond on the floor because he makes Steph so much better. He makes the whole thing move like you did, Doe. I mean, he really just sort of is that presence on the floor that activates everybody else. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited for them to see what happens. They said at the deadline, the reason they didn't make a move is that the best move they could have made is internally getting better, that they felt like they had a lot left sort of room there to improve. And so it wouldn't be any point in trading their guys away low. They could just improve internally. And I think they've done it. So I don't know. Hats off to them. We'll have to see where they go. There's you know other teams there in that bottom seven, eight, nine, ten of the standings that also want to move up, but some of them made moves themselves. Right. I want to look at the buy-up pickups. Oh, go ahead, Joe. Oh, uh, I wanted to say one thing about um, you saying that they can improve. I think yeah. I think it's just a matter of them buying in um, as a That's team. Interesting. You know, if they knew, they understood, okay, they probably watch a film and seeing where they can get better at, or if guys made certain sacrifices, like, okay, well, we can get better if we do these things. And once I feel like those guys bought in, or are buying in as we speak now? Uh, I think that's why they, you know, stood tall and what they didn't make any moves. Yeah, I get that. I, I can feel that for sure. And look, there was a point earlier in the season where it felt like, you know, Steve didn't know exactly who to put out on the floor at what time. And I assume as players, you can feel that. You can sort of sense. Well, do we have a plan here? What's going on? And I think Steve was just trying to, frankly, balance the clay issue, knowing how he's sensitive and he's such an important part of that locker room. Um, but once he made a decision there, it seems like, to your point, though, that like they they're all buying into it now. And also, uh, just quickly, again, uh, this time, same thing happened with uh, Ray Allen, and Avery Bradley. Um, oh, yeah. When we changed the lineup with that. Yeah. Um, that took a toll on the team a little bit and understanding how we, you know, at first it was a big three. And then once Avery came in, Ray had gotten hurt. Avery came in on our defensive rating and went through the roof. You know, we're the best defensive team in, you know, in some history. So um, that was a tough time for us as a team collectively. And, you know, it took some time to get through it. So, yeah, For sure. 
well, while they get better internally or try to get better internally, we have some teams over the last week that tried to get better externally. Some buyout pickups over the weekend. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie joining the Lakers. Kyle Lowry joining the Sixers. Uh, they also said that the Sixers, Daryl Morey came out and talked, and he said that Embiid hopefully, quote unquote, will be back for the playoffs. And he said, if we didn't hope that he would be back, we wouldn't have made the moves that we did. So you can tell our mindset about him coming back by the fact that we made trades, you know, that sort of thing. And that they signed Kyle, um, who do you think of the buyout guys, Spencer or Kyle will have a bigger impact. The Spencer thing is interesting because I mean, he was like, they, they just got rid of him. He got, you know, he got traded to the Raptors and the Raptors were like, great, we release you. Like, it's not that he was some coveted guy in the trade market, but he seemed very coveted on the buyout market. Um, Absolutely. I think, um, I think Spencer, um, you know, has a bigger impact. Um, his role is going to play. So Dick is going to be bigger than Kyle, I believe, um, when you talk about Kyle and Tyrese Maxey. Uh, so he's, I feel like he's going to be more of a mentor to Tyrese and give a lot of great spot minutes, uh, run the show, um, command the locker room from a leadership standpoint. Um, you know, he's, he's an 06 class guy. Uh, one of my favorite guys I've, I played against for a long time and, uh, like I said, he's going to be a great. He's going to have a great impact in the locker room. But I think Spencer on the floor will have more of an impact. You know, with getting through the rest of the season, um, giving Spray and Brian minutes, be a lot more in the pick and roll. And I feel like you know him coming back home. Uh, shout out to Mike G. He's going to be working with this guy, his strength conditioning, strength conditioning coach. Um, he's ready to go. I think he's re- he'll be recharged. Uh, he'll be in the pick and roll with a guy like Anthony Davis, which is the best pick and roll player he's ever been in the pick and roll with. Uh, you got a guy like D'Lo, uh, his, his old time friend played at Brooklyn. So they have that chemistry already there. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to Spencer having a big impact on the Lakers. And I think uh, he'll, he'll get it done. But yeah. what do you think of Kyle at the Sixers? Uh, I think Rondo nailed it. Um, these two guys, they're, they're brought in for, you know, two different roles. So uh, right. to say who will have a bigger impact, um, I think they're both going to impact their team's exactly the way they were brought in to do. Um, like, like Rondo said, Kyle's more of a mentor. Um, obviously, Tyrese Maxey's coming off his first All-Star. Um, that's the guy that would be playing the most minutes at that guard spot. Uh, Kyle will be brought in spot minutes to, you know, keep things afloat, manage the game while the star gets his rest, and, you know, he comes in and finishes out the game. And Also, just to be that mentor role, like Doe said. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of things would be new for – as talented as Tyrese Maxey is, a lot of things will be new yeah. for him in this role. So uh, right. what better guy to have, you know, guide him through these moments than, you know, a guy like Kyle Lowry. So uh, I think that was a brilliant move on Philly's behalf. And uh, as far as the Lakers, obviously Smith was, is, is brought in to, to come in and be a game changer. Um, they signed Gabe Vincent early in the year, kind of expecting him to kind of fill that role for him. Things haven't worked out the way they wanted it to. He's dealt with with health matters and just not really being in his rhythm this season. So, uh, you know, Spence is now being brought in to kind of fill that, that void that they've been missing this year. And, uh, he's a bigger guard, uh, something they, they do need at the guard spot, more size. Spence is about 6'6". Six, six. Uh, he's a playmaker and scoring type guard, something they also could use. So uh, I can see Spence having a huge role with this team in starting minutes and off bench, and bench minutes. So, uh I think that he's. I think he's a player that they can use in a lot of different ways, and it's going to uh, benefit them in a positive way. So, uh. yeah, for sure. I mean, I I couldn't agree more. I think that your point about him being big is really insightful. They're already a, a big team, and you need to be a big yeah. team to compete with Denver, right? So the Absolutely. idea of Spencer, Braun, AD out on the floor together, you just present in terms of playing a team like the Nuggets. You're going to be able to match them in that way. I have a question though, though you've been in, you know, been on that team, on that bench, in that locker room with LeBron James. We saw what he did in the week <laughs> leading up to the trade deadline, the hourglass, yeah. him putting on the Knicks towel, coming in Knicks colors when they played New York, tweeting yeah. the Statue of Liberty with the crown and all that stuff. Um, oh, that's he over. was clearly well, he was clearly putting pressure on the team to make a move at the trade deadline. And they didn't. And, you know, Rob Palenka's sort of line was, you can't buy a house if it's not for sale. 
But LeBron right. in the past has been very unhappy with front offices if they didn't do what he wanted. And I don't know whether this was there really wasn't anything for sale. I don't know if this was the Lakers are like, what are you going to do, leave? I mean, LeBron is very, very settled here in Los Angeles. Like, I don't know if anyone thinks he would walk out the door even if he was unhappy. So I, I don't know if that factored into it. But I wasn't sure whether he would walk away from the trade deadline feeling like, man, you know, I wanted something to happen. It didn't happen. And now I'm in a bad mood or that he walks away after getting Spencer and being like, this is enough. What do you think? I think he's OK with what he has. Um, you know, yeah. he might have you know, expressed his you know, unhappiness or whatever he was thinking at the time with his hourglass tweets and stuff like that. But, you know, that's Brian and he puts pressure mm-hmm. on his teammates at all time high. And if you can't take it, you know, he kind of fizzles those guys out. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's a strong man in person, as we all know. Uh, he's very calculated in everything he does. And he's well aware of what's happening within the organization. So I'm sure Rob and him, we had a lot of conversations with Rich as well. Um, so they probably knew or was hoping this type of battle would come about. Um, again, Brian not trying to carry the entire load, playing over 35-plus minutes a game. I think a guy like Spencer can give Brian a little bit more breathing room to sit on the bench and, kind of keep his composure and gain his, his strength and energy back. So um, he's a dynamic player. You know, you put him in the pick and roll, he can go for 40 any given night. Um, I can see the lineup finishing with uh, Spencer, Bron, AD, D'Lo, uh, and Austin mm-hmm. Reeves. So it's like um, that can be a tough lineup to, to switch or try to double team. The way AD's passing out of the double this year, it's been uh, night and day since I was since I played with him. So, uh, again, he's, he's excelling each game. Uh, I love the way he's making his reads. And again, if you swing, swing the D-Lo, Austin, or, D, uh, or Spencer, it's like, you know, what do you do? You know, I think those are more of a threat, guys that threat on the floor. And um, I think Brown will be okay with the end of the day what happened. You know, he's going to press the button. And he's going to, whatever cards he has, he's going to play them. He's going to yeah. play them the best of his ability. So. I'm interested in you saying that he's put pressure on his teammates, too. I'm curious, in the time you played with him, uh, can you give us an example of when you saw that sort of LeBron glare fall on someone? I mean, he just, as he's, you know, every teammate, I expect the same thing. You know, you expect greatness from your teammates. You know, you expect, um, you know, professionalism. uh, And the guys are going to make mistakes. uh, And that's part of the game. But at the end of the day, uh, if you're giving it your all, um, that's all you can ask for. But. Uh, he may go to the media. Um, he's definitely going to go to you and practice and challenge you. I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, what greatness you know, it, it holds you to expectations. You know, same thing yeah. with Kevin, same thing with Paul. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, they, aren't, they weren't as big of a star as Bronny, but at the same time, uh, first ballot Hall of Famers, and they do hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, we look at beyond the Lakers, even, you know, they got better, I think, with Spencer. Uh, a bunch of other teams around the league. It wasn't like a fireworks trade deadline, but there were a bunch of teams that made some nice tweaks around the edges. Boogie, when you look at the teams between the trade deadline on Thursday, the weekend buyout pickups, look at this kind of last week. Which team do you think has, has sort of gotten the most betterest, the bestest betterest most of uh, <laughs> the teams over over this last week? Like who kind of made a little bit of a leap here? It's been two teams for me. Um, it was the Knicks and in Dallas, uh, I think they, I think they made moves to fit exactly what they're looking for to finish out this year and how they want to finish the year out. Um, as far as the Knicks, they're dealing with you know some injuries right now, but the pieces they've complemented their stars with are absolutely like perfect. Um, I can, it's in my opinion, it's it's long term moves. Um, they were very methodical. It, obviously, they weren't always the biggest and, and prettiest names at the trade deadline, but every move made sense. And um, I think they've mm-hmm. filled out their roster perfectly. Um, I'm excited to see this team in the playoffs. I think this would be a huge jump for them this season. And uh, they're just making all the right moves, just moving forward and looking long-term, in my opinion. And as far as Dallas, uh, I think – Filling out the roster with young pieces that kind of match up with Lucas' timeline was, you know, very important. And uh, on top of that, just adding talent. Um, I think P.J. Washington is, you know, a very underrated player in this league at the time. And uh, he's shot – he shoots the ball at a very, very high clip, something that, that's needed around Luka to, with his playmaking ability and with how much attention he brings on a nightly basis. And uh, you also get a, a veteran lob threat in, in Gafford. Um Every every move they made just makes sense. And once again, it's something that they can look for towards the future. And uh, and not only that, but 
the present as well. So uh, I think those two teams, you know, made the best moves. Boog, I don't think I've, I don't think we've ever agreed this much. What do you, what do you say? <laughs> I mean, I, I will say the Knicks and uh, Mavs as well. Um, you know, you you know, playing against uh, Luca a couple of years ago in the playoff series, how tough he is to stop, and uh, he's been asking for a big, a backup big for the last three years, I believe. And uh, with another dynamic roller putting pressure on the rim, uh, PJ Washington, he has a seven-two wingspan. Uh, he's a lot more athletic than Grant Williams, so. Um, these guys are going to get the easiest shots they've ever had in basketball since they've been playing the game. You know, I, I know they play with LaMelo. Um, PJ played with LaMelo, but at the same time, he wasn't drawing double teams like Luke is and triple no. teams. So He wasn't uh, on the court half you know, the time. Yeah, and like I said, there's levels to it. You know, he's um, yeah. you know, he's obviously MV, one of the MVP candidates this year. And uh, with the dynamic role that he had on Gafford and being able to go back and forth with Lively, uh, it's going to be fun to watch. You know, they're, already, they're already a fun team, but you have a guy – like that coming to the program as well as with uh, PJ Washington, exciting to see. And along with the Knicks, you know the Knicks have been rolling. Um, I think they lost the last two, but you know as of late, I think their last ten games have been really, really good, really good. So the way Brunson's been playing uh, with addition to Bogdanovich, um, Burks, uh, they're going to play well. Like I said, I think Bobo Bobo Bogdanovich he um, he's averaging twenty in Detroit. Uh, he won't average that obviously in the Knicks, but he's still at third yeah. on the floor. With Brunson being able to get in the paint, Julius Randle be able to get in the paint, kick out to a guy like that, he's obviously going to stretch the floor. And then, like I said, any given night, he can give you 20 to 30 points a game. So both teams did a very good job, and um, those are my picks. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Bogdanovich is going to be a difference maker for them at, right at the beginning here because they've got so many other injuries. And then, yes, right. I think he will move to the bench and be – be strong for them. I got to say with the Mavs, I was a little worried about how much they gave up for the guys they brought in. Um, they've been mortgaging their future over and over again for a while now. And, um, you know, it's all to keep Luca. It's all to keep Luca happy. But I, I do think that they have to be a little, a little concerned about, you know, when he does have his contract come up, they're going to have nothing in the cupboard. That being said, if you don't play well now, he won't even get to the point that his contract is going to be up. He's going to ask for a trade before that. So I understand why they made the moves they made. The guys are great for them. I totally agree um, that they are definitely going to make a difference. I mean, you guys, uh, when you're with the Clippers, what was it like playing against Luka in that playoff series? <laughs> if you look at the numbers, it was crazy. Um <laughs> You know, he, we threw everything at him. You know, we had the best defenders in the game on him, you know, at, at all times as much as possible. Um, we switched one through five. I mean, we, throw, we threw so many different looks at him, but he was able to dissect and still figure out a way to get his, um, his team W's and, you know, make a very big impact on the game at a high level. Boog, you're laughing. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, that series that never six, sit well with me. Um, I'm just a firm right. believer when it comes when it comes to the game of basketball, it's played on both ends, and uh, the game can be affected on both ends. And when dealing with star players or guys that are just matchup nightmares, um, it's not always about what defense you throw at them. It's, uh, it's also about making them have to guard on the other end of the floor. So, um, right. I mean, obviously, it's yeah. But we talked about we talked about that, buddy. We talked about that. It's, you still can hide. What's wrong with that? We, I, I but but I'm, what I'm saying is you can hide those players, bro. You can target. Yeah. Oh, oh, that, and that's yeah, fine. We, talk, Look, we did what we did. We did what we did. <laughs> we, we, we tried to match up defensively. Didn't make them work on the other end. We got our ass waxed. So, obviously, it didn't work. What, I, I'm, what saying I'm saying is, is you can try to. More than one perspective. Yeah, but again, people have been targeting stuff for years. This ain't Steph. They, they, have a, they have a dynasty. We're not talking about Steph. Yeah. yeah, okay, I understand. But I'm talking about that target. It don't always work. Yeah, people targeted Steph, but there's so many other weapons around Steph, so that's why it worked. But you still got damn near two non-shooters out there. What do you mean? Like, oh. we, you said that. You said that. Who were the other two non-shooters You said that. You and Draymond. Who you talking about? I said you and Draymond. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for him. I was like, yeah. You, man, we'll get back on time. We'll argue later on. We'll get back oh, okay. on time. All right. Bye, 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 bye. There you go. All right. All right. But as far we'll as the game is played, 
as far as just how the game is played, man, I, I think you you have to make these these match these matchup nightmares work on the other end of the floor, and I feel like that's something that's kind of been swayed away from when it comes to the game as of lately. Um, making making a guy work on both ends of the floor. Um, when when your entire night is just where you're only playing one end, and it's just offense, offense, offense. You have a greater chance of dominating the game. If I'm being pushed and 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 worked on the other end of the floor, I can't get the same amount of effort on on the offensive end. And that's just my way of thinking about the game. But uh, yeah, like I said, me and Doyle argue about those points later. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Luca did say the other night that uh, Kyrie coming back from injury, you know, just put took so much weight off of him that he'd been so tired at the end of these games. So to your point, Bug, you know, you got to make him work a little bit, but we'll see. It's the NBA yeah. in 2024. No one has to work right. that we hard doing, because the defense can't we do anything. We were doing so good, right? We were, we were agreeing on points and then he just can't help himself, man. He, he <laughs> just no, got a weak experience. We were doing mm-hmm. great. We were doing. We, we had the same conversation off, off. You know what I mean, off camera. So I don't know I, how I we got on the same page when the show started. I don't know how we got. I was going to say. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I can get you guys on or off the same page with this next segment. I think you're going to okay. disagree a little bit. We'll find out. Um, you know, All Star Game is coming up. That brings up a lot of thought about you know who is a star, how are guys rated, and I want to like play a little game here, looking at some of the really high level talents in the league. And are they being overlooked? Are they underrated? Are they overrated? Or are they properly rated? Or as I like to say, are they rated? Like underrated, overrated, or rated? It's like nonchalant. Can you just be chalant? Or nonplussed? Can you just be plussed? These are my theory. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> no one appreciates my grammar humor. Okay. Uh, Donovan Mitchell. Let's talk about him. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. What do you got, Boogie? Underrated. This guy has been a winner since he's come into the league. I don't think he's ever missed the playoffs a year of his career. Um, He's been a talent since he's walked in. He changed the Utah organization around. He actually made them exciting, and people wanted to watch Utah basketball. Uh, I don't think that's happened since Stockton Malone. Um, He's changed his entire Cleveland organization, which we never thought would happen outside of LeBron James. Um, he's managed to find a way to do that. Uh, I believe he's averaging about 28, six and six this season. I I mean, how this guy isn't in the MVP conversation or one of the main guys being said in the conversation blows my mind, but you know, uh, it's, it's a political league, the best way of putting that. But I mean, he's having an incredible year. Uh, he's, He's, he has the Cavaliers as an actual threat this season. Uh, they're top three, top four in the East. Um, he's doing everything he's supposed to do as a, as a franchise guy and as a star in this league. Why his shine isn't brighter than the other stars in the league, I don't really know. Maybe it's the market. I'm, I'm not really sure, but he's definitely an underrated guy in this league. Uh, he deserves way more credit than he than he gets. And uh, he's like I said, he's been a star since he stepped foot in this league, and he's continuing to be that. Agree. Agree. We back on. <laughs> he back on. The man is averaging 29, 6, and 6. Um, like I said, 6 3. Um, small market. Like I said, his, his, his right hand guy, D. Garland, has been going. He's been out. He's been injured. Guys, um, we can't blame the easy. market. Okay. There has been a big star in Cleveland that got plenty of attention twice now. Yeah, so but that's, in the last we, that's, he, he is the league, though. Rachel, it's a difference. I mean, he is the NBA. I'm just <laughs> so, saying, Cleveland's not a small market. It's a big city. It's a very small market, with all due respect. <laughs> I played there, Rachel. <laughs> I'm aware. Amazing fan base, um, you know, but it's still considered in our game a small market. You know what I mean? Yes. Like he needs house. Yeah. He's always played for small markets, and I think yeah, yeah. that may be the only reason. You know, I mean, he yeah. scored 70 last year. Nobody, you know, it's not like a big deal. Um, no, mean, you're he's, right. He's been doing it at a consistent high level for a very long time and, and not go back to um, how he's came into the year at Cleveland and bought into the system, uh, fit in very well. And like I said, uh, playing for JB, one of my favorite coaches, uh, he's buying right in. And like I said, I hope he stays. But at the end of the day, I mean, I would hope he go to New York and get his respect that he, he needs. 
Uh, I mean, that's why I wanted about- to see him in New York in the first place. I mean, I'm glad it's worked out in Cleveland, but how amazing would that have been in New York and with Jalen Brunson? I'm not saying instead, but with Jalen Brunson. I mean, I don't know how that, that might work out. You know, I'm happy to see where he is now. Like I said, this summer we'll get there and see what it, what it possibly could be. But right now I'm happy he's in Cleveland um, working with my like I said, one of my favorite point guards, Darius Garland, all the young guys in Cleveland. I think he's he's doing a great job coming in, uh, being a leader, a veteran in the locker room. And like I said, keeping everyone poised. Uh, I think they're number two. Is that right, Richard? They're number two in the East? Yeah, yes. I mean, and like I said, nobody talks about Cleveland. So I think it just goes with their entire staff. Like it goes – with uh, JB being underrated, you know, I mean, I think their whole organization is underrated. Um, yeah. Done a hell of a job consistently. I mean, JB's got to be one of the leaders in the clubhouse for coach of the year, I think. I mean, I would certainly put him there, and, and he's just done great work there overall. He's a great guy. He's a great coach. Um, the Cavs overall, they have won, I want to make sure I get this right, 17 of their last 18 games. Right. 17 of their last 18 games. They and have nobody's talking about defense. them. <laughs> yeah, they get the number one defense in the league over that stretch. And yes, they have moved into the number two spot. I mean, we're sitting here talking about Milwaukee and Philly and what's going on with the Knicks, but Cleveland is snuck right in there. So, you know, if they hold on to that, that will be huge going into the playoffs in terms of the matchups they're going to get. Um, I just think, you know, they won't have to face Boston until the end if they get that far. So I, I just think that... That is a player and a team to watch, and I'm looking forward to Donovan getting some shine at the All-Star game because I think he will. I want to ask you about Trey Young, guys. Overrated, underrated, or rated? Uh, I also think um, Trey Young is underrated. Um, I feel for this brother. uh, I I feel like we've had similar type situations when it comes to just – you know, uh, being in a situation, being a, a franchise cornerstone and not getting the necessary pieces and attention that you need to not only make your individual talent, you know, shine, but put you in the situations to where you can win. And um, the reason I um, I feel for it, because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, the legacy that's going to be tarnished is Trey Young. And yeah. the details of what goes on behind it never get looked at. It's going to just always be the overall picture. And that's Trey Young put up numbers, but he couldn't win. And that's just not how it works in a team-oriented setting. And um, I just want this guy to, you know, either get some real talent put around him to where he can be the star that he's meant to be. And uh, But my dream scenario, this guy could find his way to San Antonio to be with when yes. I think yes. those two guys together would be unreal. I think they're a duo that we probably won't see a duo close to Shaq and Kobe, but I think those guys could be that. And um, I think he's that talented. I think, I mean, 28 and 10. To average 10 assists in the NBA is... No, ele- no, no, 11. 11. Don't disrespect. Oh, it's 11. Excuse me. Excuse me. My answer. Yeah, that's, that's... But to be able to average double-digit assists in the league is... I mean, Doe can speak on it. That's that's really, really hard to do. And um, mm-hmm. this guy just doesn't... And it's easy to, you know, overlook him. Like I said, he's in a losing situation, but his talent, yeah. you can't overlook the talent. No matter and how I, you try to cover it up, no matter how you try to say it's just stats, you can't deny the talent. Right, and right. I feel for this right. kid. He's definitely underrated. Definitely, definitely underrated. You know, just to go back to anything you said about the assists. I mean, it was hard as hell to average 11 assists, and I couldn't damn near average 28 points. I mean, you right. had both of those numbers together. Uh, on top of him, like I said, night in, night out, every team is trying to figure out how to stop Trey Young. And you're doing this at 6-1. Only five years in the league, I mean, he's already figured the game out. And like I said, a lot of people don't understand how hard it is a mastermind of the game <clears throat> at that level, at the point guard position, being that only 6-1. You know, every night he's the smallest guy on the floor, still able to dominate, manipulate the game. That's why they, they changed the game with the free throw rule, because he had manipulated the game within three years of playing in the NBA. I mean, how many guys can go in and change the game completely like that? Uh, and give, you know, the game is different. You know, he has the ball in his hands a lot. He is the only pretty much primary playmaker and you're going to have numbers, but still to do it at a consistent level, um, night in, night out basis and, you know, take and make the biggest shots in the game, usually in the fourth quarter. And that's what he does every night. And he's learning how to become a, a better teammate. You know, um, I play with him to try to knock him about being that, but he's young, you know, he's learning. Uh, he hasn't had many vets in to come in and teach him how to be, you know, that, that yeah. type of player also having a franchise on your back. You know, I can't speak from that perspective, but uh, being able to come in at, you know, 22 years old and have a whole franchise on your back, 
and still want them to do so many other things and produce on the court. Uh, you're asking a lot for a young person that, you know, is just now coming into something new. So um, he's definitely underrated. Uh, one of my favorite players I've ever played with. Um, he's unstoppable. And again, um, he's so young. Now, I don't know about him going to San Antonio. Um, I think that will obviously be great in the future, but I want him to win now. You know, I want him to get his respect now. And, and uh, But you never know how it plays out. He's super young. He has so many years to play this game. And uh, wherever he ends up or whoever comes to Atlanta, you know, I wish him the best. Look, if he went to San Antonio, I don't think it would be in the future. I think they would be on a winning path right away. Have you seen Wemby's numbers? I mean, he is like a legit defensive player of the year numbers kind of guy. Obviously, they're not winning. That would affect any you know awards actually that he gets. But he has better numbers right now than Rudy Gobert did in his MVP season. I mean, that's yeah, defensively yeah. what we're talking about. Obviously, can do things offensively we've never seen before. Is going to have more seasoning if Trey Young does end up there by the time that Young does end up there. And then you stick Trey Young on that team. I mean. I can't even imagine. And the Spurs have a ton of picks. They could definitely right, make right. an offer. I don't know if Atlanta would trade him, but they would make an offer. And I know that Trey, you know, he's been a good soldier there. He didn't ask for a trade at this deadline when people thought he might. Um, so I want to emphasize that he has been, as you say, he's been better teammate. No one's going to call him Drew Holiday ever, but his defense has gotten better. I mean, he's certainly like making more of an effort now on defense as well. Um, and, and I don't know what's going to happen this summer if, if they have the rest of the season goes poorly. Like, I, I don't know. I, I completely agree with you, Boog, that he is being influenced and his reputation is being influenced by the team he plays for. He's getting left off all NBA teams. You know, the fans are voting him higher in all-star votes than anybody else around the league. And I think that disrespect is is has a lot to do with this idea he's an empty numbers guy. He's not going to be an empty numbers guy if you put him in the right situation. So I, I'm curious. I think that is a huge thing to watch as this next year plays out when you talk about stars that could move around. Um, he's not a name we talk about a ton, but, um, you know, I, I know Hawks fans are going to be like, don't trade him off our team, but you got to talk about it because it is possible. I don't know. I want to hit you guys with another one that you both know well, Paul George. Underrated, overrated, properly rated. <sighs> um, I'm going to have to go underrated with PG as well. Um, I, it, he's one of my favorite players um, in the NBA. Um, one of the most talented guys I've ever seen at 6'9", 6'10". The ball handling ability, the shot creation, the creativity off the dribble, just, the shooting ability. I mean, when you think about the prototypical wing, you think about a Paul George, the size, the the length, just every all the intangibles that come with him and just, and then you add the talent to that. Uh, I would say he's one of the most talented three men ever played a game. Um, I put him in the likes of the Tracy McGrady's and things of that nature. Uh, on Tracy any, was any his hero day, growing up. On any given day, I could say he is more talented than Tracy McGrady. Um, obviously, you could argue that point, yes. but I think a point could be made. No. Um, Mac would argue that point. <laughs> no, no, no. The way he shoots the three, though. I mean, Paul, I mean, I, I don't understand the, the hate that comes with this guy. He's an incredible teammate, um, super talented. He always shows up when it's time to show up. Obviously, guys have bad games. That's a part of this game. Like, um, why his bad games get highlighted more than his good games will never make sense. But this is one of the most talented guys to ever lace up his sneakers. And um, he's definitely underrated just in the fact that he doesn't get the proper love and credit that he deserves he's he's been a winner since he stepped foot in the league uh he was challenging lebron as a, as a young 22 year old like mm -hmm. like let's serious here like this is one of the most talented they ever put on sneakers and i just i think he deserves way more credit than he gets i think we're three for three because um underrated underrated, underrated. um yeah, I would say so. Like I said, I, I loved and enjoyed playing with PG at the time I was there, you know, watch him work, um, his professionalism, uh, as how he is as a teammate. Um, you know, he's underrated for sure. I would agree with Cuz. I mean, I think he, you know, I would all do respect to Tracy McGrady. The game has changed in America, but the way PG shoots the three off the dribble, I mean, yeah. it, it, at 6'9", you can't really do much about it. Um, you know, he's kind of a bigger Kyrie to me. You know, he can finish, uh, super athletic. Um, like I said, he passed the ball at ease and he's like, he gets to a spot and goes, um, like I said, and also not on the offensive end, but he goes on the defensive end as well. And I think he'll get his respect, 
I do believe the Clippers possibly can win the NBA championship this year. And I think once he does that, uh, people start to understand, okay, look at his career. Like, wow, he was doing this in Indiana. He did just do this in the Clippers. And like I said, well, when he was with the Clippers with Kawhi, they never really had any healthy years together. So I think right. if they can stay healthy and um, put it together this year, he'll, he'll start to get the respect that he deserves. And uh, I look forward to it. He's a great player, a great teammate. It's just I go to a lot of Clippers games because I live here in L.A. I'm going tonight. He's so reliable for them this season. I mean, he has been able to when he's in games, obviously, there's been a few he's missed because of health. But um, when he's been in games, he just whether Kawhi is doing amazing, whether Kawhi is having a quieter game. PG has sort of been there with those threes. He's kept them in games and, and sort of then Kawhi comes and takes over. I, I just It's been very cool. Kawhi is another one I want to ask you guys about. Overrated, underrated, properly rated, two-time finals MVP. What do y'all think? Uh, I think this is another guy that's underrated. Um, I think his one championship in Toronto trumps a lot of guys throughout the history of this game. To be well, able he's to got go the Spurs, a- Spurs rings too, you know? No, that's fine, but I'm I'm more impressed with the fashion of how it was done. To be able to go in there for one season, win a franchise, their first championship ever, like to basically take over an entire country. Like it was and I was on the other end of that. So I, I really felt <laughs> his presence in that in that moment. Just yes. to to be able to do it in the fashion that he did it. I don't I don't think we'll ever really see that in the game again. Um, obviously, he's had his success in San Antonio, and it wasn't really credited because he played with so much talent. He was under the umbrella of Popovich, Tim Duncan, all those legends that came through there. So, obviously, he didn't get as much credit with that group. But that one championship in Toronto, like, I – I think that just put him on the pedestal of, of superstar. No, you, you played, you know, mano a mano against him in the finals. You had that great finals game, Boogie, and and he just he, kept he coming back with boy. answers. Yeah, he he was that boy in, in in that series, and he gained my respect in that series. Just to match up with all, and obviously a lot of things went against us in that series as far as health. And if we were healthy, I think it would would have been a different situation, but. I'm, I can only speak on the facts and how it played out and what he did to contribute to winning that championship. You got to give him all the credit in the world. That's a, that's a bad boy. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I definitely think he's underrated. Absolutely. He's he's um he's underrated. He's underrated. And I only say this because I think over the last couple of years, um, I think the media has overshadowed him not playing as much and is trying to kind of right. tarnish his – his reputation of how great of a player he is. Um, you know, he doesn't speak much or, or make a big scene about anything. He just goes out and gets his job done. So I think that plays a big role in, like I said, how people perceive him now and, and not putting respect on his name because of the latest, the last couple of years, oh, he's in the Kawhi, they put new rules in where guys can't rest. So I think that has overshadowed, again, what he's done in his career with the championship in Toronto and in the two with, with San Antonio. So, um, but at the end of the day, um, like I said, I'm looking forward to them getting to the finals, and then he get he gets his fourth. You know, now he's uh, he's he's still young. You know, PG's still yeah. young. Um, they had a ways to go, and like I said, with that experience, um, as far as the coaching staff over there, T. was won a chip already. So it's like uh, I'm willing to bet with those guys and having that uh, that underdog mindset. You know, they don't I'm sure they don't mind at all being underrated. Um, both of those guys, and with that chip on your shoulder. That you know that proving them wrong mentality going into the playoffs. They're looking forward to people continue to not believe in them and not even speak on them. So, uh, and I'm sure when, when people start to jump on a bad wagon, I'm sure they don't want them. You know, so it's like uh, they have that mindset being in that locker room, understanding that um, I wouldn't want to match up with them in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, look, we made a big deal when LeBron won his his ring in th- a third place, right? He had two in Miami, right. one in Cleveland, right. and then the, f- the fourth one with LA. Uh, Kawhi would be doing the same thing. Right. And again, we're, we're saying if, if, if we don't know if they're going to get to the finals, we don't know if they're going to win the finals. But if they do, I would be willing to put money on the fact that Kawhi would be the MVP. So if any of that mm. happens, the idea that he would be finals MVP in three different cities and in, in different NBA finals is bonkers. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think he may be properly rated or, just because I do think PG. everyone knows how good he is or PG 100 percent. I'm just saying that that he is a chance with this team playing so well to do something so exceptional. And I, I do think when his career is all over Kawhi, we're going to 
talk about him even better than we do now. But I do think if you talk to players around the league, everyone knows how good Kawhi Leonard is. And the fact that he's been healthy this year, I think the media has sort of circled back around on him as well. Um, We've talked about him not being really mentioned in the MVP vote. That has more to do with the number of other stars on his teams and, and, you know, go back and forth on whether that should matter or not. But that's more why as opposed to not respecting him. I don't know. I, I, He's incredible. I I love watching him. He's incredible. And I have to throw in the one that I told our producers is my underrated. Jamal Murray is underrated, gentlemen. He's underrated. I know I'm... I know I'm the standard bearer for the Nuggets this year among all of our different group podcasts and and shows and stuff, but I'm sorry. Um, They are the defending champions, and Jamal Murray is one of the reasons. I I, I mean, I know it. Jokic is incredible, but he does not win without Jamal Murray. I'm sorry. And the fact that because Jokic is so incredible, we kind of just kind of throw Jamal in. I'm not wrong here, right? Right. I mean, he's... No, not at all. You're definitely not wrong. And... um, I had the privilege of, uh, you know, kind of going to the game the night against the Lakers, uh, Kobe Knight, and he made tough shot after tough shot after tough shot uh, at the point guard position. Again, he's another young point guard that we don't talk about or put enough respect on. How many young point guards have won NBA championship the last five years? You know, what young point guards have? Can't name many. Um, you know, so um, if any, he might be the only one. But um, the way he plays the game night in, night out, you know, he has been healthy. But I think when he came on the scene was when the bubble. When we mm-hmm. went to the, when he went into the bubble and went Ooh. crazy and pe- people were like, oh, it's just, you know, it's just a bubble. He can't do that. Like he's been consistent ever since. And uh, he's a big, big piece of why they won. You know, he can arguably if he didn't play with a guy like Joker that's putting up a triple double every night, um, he can easily argue be the MVP. So having a guy like that on your team, you know, probably go down one of the greatest bigs of all time can overshadow him and not put the respect on him as a player. But I know, like I said, personally in the bubble, he he hit one of the toughest shots in my life over me. Um and he did it on a nightly basis. Like I said, he's just a tough shot maker. Uh, he's fun to watch play. Uh, he's a great teammate. Uh, I'm sure he's a great leader. I've heard from him, uh, from amongst other players. And, uh, you know, you can't get to that level if you don't work. So, you know, kudos to him. He's a great player. And he doesn't mind. Like I said, I'm sure he doesn't mind at all being underrated. But he's getting respect he deserves amongst his, his peers, you know, the guys that play against him every night. Well, Boogie, you played with him. You were on the team with him. What, is he as good of a work ethic guy and leadership as Joe's saying? Uh, absolutely. Uh, he, he's everything he said, but uh, I'm going to have to be the guy that goes against the grain with this one and say that he's properly rated. And uh, the reason I said it is actually one of the reasons Doe just said. Uh, it's the fact that he is under a shadow. It's the fact that he is playing with a big that is one of the greatest ever, you know, lays him up. And um, I don't think he's able to display his talent the way he potentially could. I I think he's a top five PG if the ball is in his hands on a normal basis. Like some, if he get the right. opportunity, these other guards get in the league, the, the Donovan Mitchells, the, the, the Jalen Brunt. I think you then see him and it's like, man, this guy's a top five PG. But the fact that he does have to play under the shadow of Jokic, the fact that he's not in a traditional point guard setting to where the ball is being brought up by Jokic more so than it is. Uh, Jamal. So um, I, it kind of hinders, in my opinion, it kind of hinders his talent, but obviously it's a perfect fit in how they play off of one another. But just him being under that shadow of Jokic, and I hate saying this because this is my UK brother. I got number love for him. I can't be but, It sounds like you're saying that he's underrated. That's what it sounds like. I was gonna- <laughs> in a way, I am, but at the same time, <laughs> just, just with the, and, I'm, and, it, no. and this is based off production with me. The way he produces with this he's team. I say he's properly rated. He's very efficient. He's like 20, what, 27, 7, 26, and 6? I mean, my opinion. I get what you're saying. You're saying that he is playing with Jokic, so you kind of have to judge him on that as opposed to what he could be. I get that. I I, I still think he's underrated. I, I don't think people realize how important he is to that team, and I think if they do go on and win again, he will be another huge part of it, but. We can, we can see. We can see how it plays out. I don't know. Um, guys, I want to talk to you about All-Star. I mentioned it uh, coming up at the end of this week. You guys have both been named All-Star four times each. Uh, a lot of heavy hitters on this podcast today. Uh, I just want to know what the feeling was like the first time. The first time you heard that you were an All-Star, where were you? Were you watching it on TV? What did you think? How did you feel? I don't know. What about you, Bug? 
Uh, my first one came, uh, I was a replacement. I was actually a replacement for, uh, you know, Bean, Kobe Bryant. Uh, it was the year he tore his Achilles. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it sucks that it happened in that fashion. You know, you don't want to wish um, injury or, or, or anything like that on anybody, but um, that's just kind of how this game goes. So uh, I was able to get in um, as a replacement. And um, I believe I was actually in the process of planning a vacation. Um Usually, ah. <laughs> you know, around that time, we get our little break. Yeah. And, you know, the All-Stars go do their thing for the weekend and the, and the rest of the league, they kind of, you know, vacation and do their thing. So uh, I was in the process of doing that, and I got the call that I'd be a replacement. So uh, obviously I was super excited. It was a goal of mine to, to become an All-Star in the league. And, uh, you know, regardless of how it comes or, or, or how it's presented to you, it's still going to be an All-Star at the end of the day. So I was super excited. I was honored. And, uh, I know I was happy to be able to achieve, you know, a goal. For me, it was, uh, you know, a humbling experience. You know, I think um, the first year, I think I wanted to be one. I thought I was an all-star, and I feel like I got snubbed, and that's what they say that always happens. So, right. for me, it just motivated me to come back harder and work even more, uh, and not necessarily work on uh, focus on individual stats. And I figured if we win as a team, you know, me having already three Hall of Famers on my team, uh, if we just won, I feel like I would be able to make it. And um, I was fortunate I did make it early in my career. And uh, it was a great experience. Like I said, my first All-Stars, I was with my big homies, um, and they had all made it, and it was just kind of showed me the ropes. Um, I didn't like as many, as, as many appearances that we had to do. <laughs> I didn't, I it's wasn't a lot aware now. of that. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't a lot of break. Sure. And um, I damn near had to spend my whole check because I had to get my family to, uh, to the oh, flights because right. it was bad weather. So, yeah. So, um, but it was a great experience overall. And like I said, it continued to motivate me each year to try to do better and, and continue to make those type of uh, accomplishments on my, on my career. Yeah. No, I mean, the fact that you guys, you know, we were just talking about Kawhi and not getting the MVP love because of the teammates he played with. That was always a question with you guys in Boston of sort of, you know, was someone going to be the odd man out because of the all the talent? Um, but you guys were so good that, no, bring bring three, like bring three from that team. You know, that's fine, that kind of thing. And I think we're seeing that now with some of the teams and who made it or didn't make it in the All-Star game this year. You know, could you put two or three guys from a team that isn't winning the way you guys were though, or like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think it's been, that's been part of the factor too. So the fact that you were there, I think really speaks to what a tight, strong team you guys were. It's my opinion. All right. We got to move on to, I'll take that bet. I will take that bet presented by DraftKings. I want to look at odds with who will be the number one seed out West. Here are the odds. Denver plus 155, Minnesota plus 260, Clippers plus 265, OKC plus 500. So looking at the odds, how much money you would get back if you laid down 100. Doe, who's better you taking? Which bet are you taking? Uh, I'm going to take the Clippers. All right. 265. I'm going to take that one and play that and play that bet. I think it'll be a safe bet for me. Um, like I said, this is the history of who they are um, and it's where they're going. You know, like I said, the James is just getting started. Uh, they playing the best, I think, best basketball in the last month. Uh, I know January they were really hot, so um, I think they'll continue their their streak and go into the playoffs rolling with number one seed. I'm gonna have to. I think I'm gonna have to roll with one of the younger teams. Um, I'm gonna go with Minnesota OKC, and the reason the reason I say that is um, when when it, when it comes to veteran teams later in the year, they they kind of have a tendency to you know take their foot off the gas a little bit. Um, it's more about getting healthy. It's more about, you know, uh, tuning up to find things for the for the playoffs. So um, the games don't matter as much. And these are two teams that, that have basically been here before. So uh, it's more about matchups. It's more about getting the right seed. And it's, uh, you kind of figure out who you want to match up with in that first round, things of that nature. So those things matter for teams like that. When it comes to these young teams that are just, you know, Obviously, want to show they had an incredible year. The regular season really matters to them. It, uh, it matters to the coaches and things of that nature. So being able to say we were a number one seed or a number two seed coming out of the West, those are great bragging points for those young teams. So, uh, And obviously, being young, you don't really give a damn who you match up with. You're happy yeah. to be there. Uh, you want to go out and just perform to the best of your ability. And, th- and that's when it becomes a learning curve for those young teams after they make this first step and then start to move forward. So uh, I'm going to go with one of the younger teams in OKC and Minnesota. I know I can't – I got to choose one, but I'm going to put my money on both. 
Well, OKC pays more, so you know you might want to go for that one if you're on the fence. I, I think the Clippers will still care about getting the number one seed. I just think that organization has been through so much that the idea of becoming the number one seed in the West would mean a lot to them. But I do agree with you. It is about matchups because someone is likely going to end up drawing the Lakers or the Warriors in the first round as a number eight seed. And I just think that whoever is jacking for number one is going to care about that. So we'll see how that plays out. Um I do have to bring up last week's bet because you took the bet, Boogie, for the Gatorade shower at the end of the Super Bowl. You said purple. I fell down on the job. I said orange because, indeed, it was purple. Congratulations. Appreciate it. Uh, it's a moral victory. Uh, my dumbass didn't put any money down, so uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> made the right bet and didn't take my own bet. But uh, yeah, you know, man. I said, I take this as a moral victory and – uh, I guess y'all should start listening to me when it's time to take a bet. Uh, seeing yeah. I'm on the right path. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Though uh, clear was also an option, water. So you could have bet a lot of things last week oh, okay. on DraftKings board. But uh, he went with he went with purple. He was right. All right, y'all can catch all episodes of Bully Ball on the DraftKings Network. We're excited about that. The All the Smoke Productions YouTube channel. You can also listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. And be excited. You're going to see more Rajon Rondo across our entire network. I'm very, very pumped about this, Doe. Welcome. And uh, especially here to Bully Ball. We're going to have you on a lot. So. Thank you so much. Catch the rest of you next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.